welcome to episode three of Toby Talks Politics. I'm joined by Charlotte. <laughs> yeah, I'm joined by our friend Charlotte. Um, so today we're going to be talking about um, Brexit. We're going to give you a quick update on what's going on. Also going to be talking about what's going on in northern Syria and Turkey, um, and Yemen also, as well. Yemen, yeah, all of that stuff. And then we're also going to be talking about um, Extinction Rebellion because they've been moving mad recently. <laughs> yeah, so let's 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 start by talking about um, Brexit. Um, so, so yeah. apparently we are meant to leave the EU on the 31st of October. That's what Boris Johnson keeps it written. But, but I don't believe that's going to happen. You honestly don't think we're going to leave on the 31st? No. I don't feel like anyone knows what direction this <laughs> UK is I mean, going. I think what's interesting, right, is at the start of the week, yeah, um, obviously he had meetings with the German Chancellor and also the Prime Minister from Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. And obviously from the meetings they were saying, oh, like a deal's impossible, um... Like, yeah, it was looking very unlikely. But now what we've seen is serious movement when he had that meeting on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, the Prime Minister for Northern Ireland is saying, oh, a deal with this looking very possible. And there's so much momentum now that come the 19th, the 19th is when they have the summit, right? When do they have the summit? They have the um, summit next week. So come that date, will there be a deal in place? That's the question. And I personally think there might be. Um, it's nice to feel like you're you're optimistic, but as you can see, you know throughout since we've left the EU, apparently wherever, you know everyone has said we're leaving the EU on this day. It's never happened. Oh, extension. We leave on this day. It's happened. Um, it's happened. It's never happened. So I don't feel like Boris Johnson's know what know what he's doing. He's already um dissolved Parliament. His own brother quit as MP. This doesn't show that he's a man of integrity, leadership. Yeah, okay, but I don't think the question is is Boris Johnson. I don't a man think. Of integrity? I don't think we're gonna. I don't. I don't personally think we're gonna leave the. I think. I think. What I think the difference is here yeah, in in between Boris Johnson and Theresa May, for example, is that people never took Theresa May seriously when she said um, no deal was on the table or that no deal would would happen if they didn't vote for her deal. But t- people take Boris Johnson very seriously, very very seriously, and I think. That's going to force Labour MPs to vote for any deal he brings back. If Boris Johnson was to bring back the same deal that Theresa May brought back, Labour MPs would vote for it. Do you think so? I can see where you're coming from. I can see... mm, Yeah, he seems a bit more serious, a bit more stern about, you know, because now... He's crazy enough to allow no deal to happen. But he wouldn't really... You know, that we discussed before, like, whatever the outcome is. But would you would you actually think about his like plans? Or what what would be the best Brexit outcome for you <laughs> that respects the referendum result? I think we both know what my um, outtake is. No, let's hear it. I mean, the few. Obviously, obviously, yeah. Obviously, this is never going to happen. A second referendum is not going to happen. You know, like the people have decided. You know, quite silly. That we are leaving the EU, um, so I guess it is what it is. We just need to prepare for the worst because I don't feel like anything good is going to happen. But I feel like, as much as we're living in a climate of on uncertainty, I feel like it will be quite interesting to see how um, the UK's relationship is going to be with the European Union once we actually properly leave. 
I just hope that we just get the best deal as possible. They're, they're not too harsh on us. But we can only see. Time will tell. I feel now it's kind of like... So would you be in favour of maybe like us remaining, like leaving the single market, but remaining in like the customs union, for example? Um, that's an interesting question. I think we should just... Because that's, la- that's Labour's like, deal, for example. That's what Labour is saying should be the deal. We leave the single market but remain in the customs union. That's no, I think we should. I think we should stay. I feel like we'll be bad if we leave the single market. So you don't want to respect the referendum result at all. You don't think it should be respected? No, I'm not gonna lie. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't because I don't feel like the referendum result. I feel like most people voted on false pretenses. Most of the electorate wasn't actually educated on the outcomes or the potential. But don't you think that even of, if, um, even if, okay, cool. people didn't actually weigh out the pros and cons of oh us leaving the EU or us staying in the EU? I don't feel like people. I feel like people just listened to a bunch of politicians who did not know what they were talking about, aka Nigel Farage, that way. <laughs> you know. No, no, elaborate. What, what do you like about Nigel Farage? I just feel like he's a pompous idiot. How? You know, like, this guy, he was there talking about all this nonsense about, oh, he won't be able to sleep if we're in the EU. The EU is this and the EU is that. Even though half of what he said is valid, like, you know, the EU do take the the mick, all of this stuff, like, we give them a lot of money. And I feel like the EU is undemocratic. His um, stance on, like, immigration was quite racist and quite um, just insensitive as a whole. He didn't... After we left the EU, he came on TV to lie that... He didn't say half the stuff he said. <laughs> yeah, then I remember that. Once that he got me. so much backlash, the guy said he wants his life back. And I don't understand how, you know, like I said, I, I appreciate people had their concerns with the EU. I did. But you can't be doing all of this. You can't be doing the most. Then saying you want your life back. But, and it, it's for me, what it irritates me is did that. You, did you, did you people, actually hear what happened um, with, with uh, the Brexit party? The, the, the photo they released? Angela Merkel so they, they essentially had like um, a picture of Angela Merkel and it basically said something like um, we didn't uh, lose two world wars to be pushed around by um, oh, but I don't know I don't know it was just very it was just very racist in it like that was thrown. That's, that's very insensitive yeah I can't remember exactly what it said but yeah like um, a lot of people are pissed <laughs> to say the least be. Trust it to be demon. Like, well, you can't yeah, expect then, much um, from they, them. They, no, no, but they got a lot of backlash. Like, a lot of leavers were annoyed that they posted it. And we see they ultimately deleted the tweet. Oh, the leavers are annoyed. They deleted the tweet and apologised. Oh, they're, they're annoyed that he did that or whatever, but they weren't annoyed where he used, like, Syrian refugees as his campaign, so this is going to be Britain. I feel <laughs> like people pick and choose where they want to be annoyed because I feel that's as equally as by that's being very insensitive, you know what I'm saying? Considering the fact the UK is partly responsible for the reason why Syria is the way it is, but you're using Syrian refugees as your political slogan, but I didn't see that much backlash with the you know the leavers. But I guess it is the way it is. Mm. You know, people pick and choose when they want to be upset, and to be quite frank, I don't have time for it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, cool. So obviously, um, let's talk a bit more about like. Boris Johnson's proposed deal. But essentially, what he wants to do is he wants to be essentially two borders. So there will be customs checks between the Republic, I mean Northern Ireland and Great Britain. 
and those will include goods that don't like agricultural goods and, and, and stuff like that because Northern Ireland will stay in the same regulatory um, agreement as Ireland for like food and agricultural goods and stuff. Um, but then all the other stuff that Northern Ireland produces will be, you know, UK regulated and there'll be checks between Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland, but the checks won't happen on a hard border. So obviously there's been lots of talk about using technology, um, people, for example, uh, like having licenses, like for example, let's say um, you deliver between Ireland and Northern Ireland, you might have to do like some sort of certification and get like accredited and then you can move freely. So that kind of stuff, using technology to essentially um, allow there to be a frictionless border between the two countries. But do you think his proposals are serious? Because obviously there's people that are saying that the whole Brexit negotiation is just a, it's just a, um, a farce. That like Dominic Cummings has like a, like, um, like a whole plan set out and these proposals are just, just a joke. Do you, do you agree with that? Would you actually think that Johnson generally wants to do? It sounds so bad, but I didn't even know. That's what he was trying to... That's a bit... That's a bit mad. But is there... Is there any need for that? Like, for... Any need for... You know, is that not going to cause, like, more friction and stuff like that? Like, we've come a long way, you know, to understand that mainland UK and the Northern Ireland, we haven't had the best relationship, you know what I'm saying? And obviously, the Good Friday Agreement of 1998 kind of, like amended things like would, would that not cause like more friction between i mean the like, idea is to give also you know stormont is there like the sole assembly in northern ireland mm-hmm. um and obviously it hasn't been running for i think about what two years now it's been down and obviously they're basically essentially what they want to do is they want to say that um that assembly can basically decide in a couple of years time whether they want to continue being like following eu regulations whether they want to like follow UK regulations every four years they'll be given the decision and you know in the Stormont Assembly anyway all the parties have a veto mm-hmm. so gee I'm trying to say so for example the DUP can veto even if it gets approved the DUP can just veto it so mm. the DUP are very happy do you understand because they essentially don't care if there's a hard border as far as I'm concerned anyway Ooh, nice take. that's really um, <laughs> they're more conservative, innit? Like they're they're anti um they're anti abortion. Oh yeah. Them not. <laughs> um, anti abortion. That's why they went into coalition so easily with the Conservative Party. Oh and, and for a bit But that's of money not really well. a, that's not really a good look, is it? <laughs> I guess it's not Considering the fact the Conservative Party were the party that um legalised same sex marriage, but you're on a coalition. Yeah, but you know David Cameron got a lot of backlash. He got a lot, um, yeah. People, people. But hate he this he guy. he called him he called himself a, a social liberal conservative. So he was kind of like, oh, yeah. He I'm called not, himself a one nation conservative. Well, yeah, there um, we are. yeah, but I was, this is I think even from conversations we've had like just in private, I was saying that like what Cameron was trying to do was trying to be the successor to Tony Blair's whole idea of being in the center and kind of bringing a lot of people along with you. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Because there's no doubt that. In terms of his economic policies, he copied Thatcher. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Mm. Deregulation, 
neoliberalism basically you know cutting taxes for big corporations mm. all that kind of economic but then socially he was like we need to be more progressive mm. we need more gay people to vote for us so let's legalize same-sex marriage let's allow people that actually support Thatcher. let's just remove the racial and um bigoted aspects out of the conservative party and still do all the economic stuff it's basically factorism with diversity quotas. Yeah, that's, that's essentially what the new Conservative Party had become. And more so under Boris Johnson, because think about Boris Johnson. More females and ethnic minorities. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, 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 of course, yeah. But the thing about Boris Johnson as well is this guy has no principles. Of course. He has no principles whatsoever. He will do and say whatever it takes to win power. He doesn't care about Brexit. That's how I said we had our private conversation that best believe mo- not even just Boris Johnson's like the whole cabinet or whatever does it they don't give a flying monkey it doesn't going to affect them either way shape or form it's us ordinary folk that do our nine to five <laughs> that some of us are on low wages that some of us that depend on universal um, credits that's going to hit us doesn't he doesn't care he will say yes yes you be like yeah no deal. But then, but then what's annoying me is that where so even even um you know when obviously i spoke about the um Tory party conference a couple of episodes ago but even in his conference you know he's talking about stuff like announcing um, a new living wage the living wage will be 10 pound 50 i think that will take like what four years probably he'll probably do it at the end of his term but either way right he, he's talking he's he's wait, starting wait, wait. a lot I'm, of i'm a bit confused is the living wage Different from the minimum wage. So, so, so what the Because the living did, wage right so, now so what is the, ten fifty five. No, 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 no. So, so, right, cool. Let me let me explain what the Tories did under George Osborne. Right, yeah. there was the minimum wage. Yeah. What he introduced was a national living wage, which is basically the minimum wage, but he just called it the national living wage. But then what he then did, he didn't actually make it what the living wage it actually is, because mm. there's an organisation called. Um, the living wage and obviously they produce basically what the living wage should be every year yeah. right? so he stole that name but didn't actually give the wage he he, he proposed the, the oh. same do you get what I'm trying to say so I think when he um announced it the actual living wage was £10 an hour but then he set the national living wage to £7.20 but the minimum wage was lower than that before mm-hmm. so obviously Labour couldn't oppose it all Labour could say is oh but that's not the actual living wage yeah. The Conservatives were like, oh, okay, are you really going to vote against a pay rise for people? Do you understand? So, but now Boris wants to up it again. It's £10.50. I'm not sure if that's actually the living wage nationally, but he wants to increase the the, the minimum what, wage, basically. From what I know, um, the national living wage, because one of my agencies paid the national living wage, is ten fifty five an hour. In London, but out of London, it's eight seventy-five. But if it's minimum wage for over twenty-five, it's eight twenty-one. So, are you telling me that anyone doesn't work in a living wage job now, you have to wait what four years for your pay to go from eight twenty-one to ten fifty? That's ridiculous. probably that's ridiculous. Probably, and 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 that's just the low threshold. So obviously, everyone will get a pay raise. For example, yeah, well, yeah, but still, like, wait, wait, even now, what the hell is eight pound twenty-one an hour if you're over twenty? If you're over twenty, that's ridiculous, <laughs> ludicrous. That's breadcrumbs. What's yeah, that it, 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 it is. I mean, obviously, the Tory party are you know the party of you know the big corporations. They don't give a toss about anyone. 
Yeah, you could argue that. I, I, I agree. That's why, of course, I wouldn't associate myself with the Tory party. However, the question is, can the Labour Party in its current form win a general election? <laughs> no. Because that's... Most definitely not. That's, that's essentially what we need to ask. I personally feel like, yeah, at this current state, every political party is a joke. I can't take the Conservatives seriously. I can't take Labour seriously. Lib Dems, SNP. I can't SMP. take them seriously at all. I can't, because everything's a laughing stock. I love Jeremy Corbyn, but we cannot win. We can't get into power. If this dude is still, you know, he Labour said to um, what's his name, George Macdonald said that he, Jeremy Corbyn would resign if they didn't win um, the next election. They're not going to win. So he might as well resign now. I'm telling you, he's not going to win. Now, I remember I was even saying that I personally think that even if um, Corbyn goes, I think what the Labour Party will do is a lot of rethinking. I think the chances of us having a female leader be very, very, very high. And who do you think? Could be, um, you know, the leader. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to be any of the senior MPs or the big names we've said. I, I, I've said this yeah, several Diane times. Abbott it's going to be no. Diane Abbott. She's a maverick. <laughs> I remember. She, no, she, definitely not Diane Abbott. But I think it will be somebody within the party that has been very quiet in the last couple of years. Like um, who? Who could you think? I, I, I don't know because they've been very. They're not senior. I don't think it will be anyone senior. Mm. I think because when, when Jeremy Corbyn does go, there'll be a fat power vacuum. Yeah, because the country would have rejected the left socialist ideals of, of that section of the party. And obviously the party are going to need new ideas, fresh faces, fresh minds. They're not going to want someone that's been in hand and glove with Corbyn. Mm. Do you know what I'm trying Definitely. to say? They're going to want someone fresh. And if you're an opportunist, which a lot of politicians are, everyone's going to be throwing their hat in the ring because it will actually be anyone's game. It's true. Um, that's why it's so difficult to predict who will be hopefully the next leader be of the like, party. Even though it sounds really cliche, but hopefully it's someone that actually is a fresh face, like someone who's a minority ethnic or like a homosexual, someone that's actually proper. Homosexual? You think homosexual will be leader of the Labour Party? I don't see why they shouldn't be. No, no, I don't see why they shouldn't be as well. I, I'm just not sure if the, if the party would. Why? I think... I think every society has prejudice. Um, I don't think that's a reflection of the pie itself. It's, it's just a reflection of wider society. But is that and not what politics is all about? Representing your constituents, representing society as a whole. Yeah, and I, believe I would, that I would, would be, I would argue that the the leader of the Labour Party shouldn't be judged on whether the person's you know, you know it should, exactly, be should be on their merits. Exactly. Whether you're you know <clears throat> transsexual or whatever. You, if you could do the job, you could do the job. Do you job. know any prominent people in the party though that are homosexual? No, but I feel like there should be a, at least a contender. I, I personally feel like the way forward is someone totally different. Do you think we'll ever get a black leader? I mean, Sugar was the, basically the only chance of, of getting. And one. he did. He did. He did one. Now he's an independent. He he fluffed it, man. <laughs> Why did he leave again? Uh, he never really liked Corbyn. Let's be honest. Um, mm. And basically, he wanted the Labour Party to back Remain. And they weren't budging. They were trying to be in the middle. So he was like, you know, run it, I'm going to the Lib Dems. Well, he went to Change UK first. Boy, that's mad. I don't know. I don't know who, but I feel like, to be honest, not even just the Labour Party, but, you know, it's about time we've got someone different, like, absolutely different. I'm, 
for me either Bame or someone who's an LGTB. That's what I'm. That's what I personally want. To be honest, because I'm I'm tired of seeing you know middle upper middle class or middle class. Or you know I went to Oxbridge. You know my dad gave me a, a small loan of fifty thousand pounds. You know it's you mean it, one million dollars. You know that's what Donald Trump it, said. It's, it's, it's just getting tedious because now we let's just say we've you know we've left the EU whatever whatever deal they've come at. Times are tough. We need someone that's going to be like, you know, you, like I said, it does sound cliche, but it's, it's about time. Like, it's just bare boring. Mm. You know, the whole I think what's, what's been very boring about politics is that everything is surrounded around Brexit, man. I remember, yeah. There's, yeah I remember other when politics used to honestly be about the country, the future of the country, from mm, yeah. things like education to the fence. Like, schools, and the thing is, it was yeah. so less polarizing because whatever yeah. your, your, your arguments were, Everyone knew that you had the best interests of the country at but heart. But I feel like... But I think this whole Brexit debate... It just kind of, like, foreshadows the actual problem. I'm not saying that Brexit is not a problem, but there's more problems than Brexit. But it's kind of like... It's just like a scapegoat. Oh, Brexit, Brexit. Okay, and once Brexit is done, let's get to the nitty-gritty. What needs to be done? Do you done? think our political system is... Do you think Brexit has basically tested our political system and our constitution? Do you think this opens the way for constitutional reform? Definitely. So, so in what sense? Honestly, as you know, I work for Amnesty, so um, like people there, I speak to supporters because that's part of my job as a fundraiser and um, campaigns and policy um, advocacy, whatever. <laughs> my title's long. But, um, <laughs> you know that one. What's it called? That like, people are concerned that um, you know the Human Rights Act of nineteen ninety eight, which was um, convert. It was part of the um, European yeah, Convention yeah, two years yeah, later yeah. in 2000. So a lot of you people are saying... Court justice have jurisdiction over that, yeah. So there's a lot of talk like, oh, once we leave the EU, what's going to happen? We don't have a codified constitution at the um, Yeah, but you could... You, like but but, but if, if we're being honest, right, the, the Conservative Party have been trying to get rid of the Human Rights Act for ages, even under Cameron. That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm trying to get rid of it. I'm but now, it like a Bill of, Bill of Rights. It's actually British Bill of, Bill of Rights. So now, like, let's... Let's just say we act, we've got this horrendous deal. What's going to happen with the Human Rights Act? Because that's what everyone relays. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows the Human Rights I mean, Act. I mean, of, I mean, you I know, mean. we don't want to. And people are scared. Like I speak to supporters, people are scared we might turn to a tyranny state like Saudi Arabia. <laughs> technically, what's, what's, technically, what's, what's, people what's, are concerned. What's, what's, what's legally going to happen is that basically, if we leave without a deal, every kind of law that we have, this an EU law, mm -hmm. will be automatically translated automatically into UK legislation mm -hmm. just so there's no legal problems then essentially every law will be reviewed and will remove and add laws where we need to but I think you've raised a very important point about the country needing you know some sort of constitutional reform um, and I feel like it just maybe probably pushes um, the argument for maybe getting PR rather than um, first past the post you argue for PR I'm against PR why you get to PR? I'm against P, P, like completely proportional. Because I think there's a value in having constituents and representing those constituents. Mm. But I get where you're coming from, but every time there is a first past the post system, it's always a minority government. You know, the Conservatives don't even need to get half of the vote and they're in power. But you've got parties that have got millions of votes, and because of the system, they're never going to get okay, more than one or two. Okay, but then we could we could MPs. go for something like maybe ST. Have you heard of STV? Yeah, 
Yeah, single, or transferable. transferable so you would, yeah. you would have something like three MPs in a particular area. Mm. Obviously, the constituencies will have to be a lot larger, but that would lead to more, more proportional representation. I don't know. I'm not really a fan. Well, what, would you, what would you say about the House of Lords, though? I don't think they're ever going to get abolished. I feel like cutting down on the hereditary peers from however it was to 92 was a good idea because some people didn't nothing and they were just sat there oh you know it was inherited like you're not you don't have the expertise you don't know nothing but because your granddad and your you know your aunt was do you think there's a value in having appointed peers to an extent like what what value are you bringing like what value most of these appointed peers like why okay they're appointed can we not also have a say who's been appointed Mm. you know that's what i want you know let's keep it let's keep it democracy i think i think i think um I agree with you in the sense that I think the House of Lords, I, I would I would say it should be 50% elected. You know, 50% my half, and half the people are appointed or head, no, no one knows who these people are. They're even not accountable me, to anyone. Exactly. <laughs> or they, okay, even though they can't really do much legisla- uh, legislation. They can, they can delay legislation delay, for two years. True, but I don't, most people don't know who, who are these people, apart from... Um, Doreen Lawrence, you know, Lord Sugar, you know, those people that, you know, they you know, they like to say their piece once in a while and do one for four months. <laughs> who are most of these people? I don't know who they are. Lord <laughs> Sugar even left, he left the Labour Party. Apparently, we're meant to be a democracy. I don't, I don't understand what's going on, to be mm, quite frank. Mm. All right, cool. Let's move on. Let's talk about um, Extinction Rebellion. I don't know that. <laughs> you, know, you know, the, um, so basically, they started... It was, was it last summer? Was it last summer? No, it was this summer. So this summer, yeah, they, um, they, all this April, they basically shut down the whole of London. Um, they basically like a, a Where was I? An, environmental, was... an environmentalist movement. So like, they occupied like all of the train stations, like can't slept. Obviously it was a huge form of civil disobedience. And um, it was all in the name of demanding action on, on climate change. Well, obviously, um, it caused the government to uh, announce, basically, um, a climate change emergency. Mm-hmm. Remember hearing that? That was yeah. because of the, a lot of the pressure they put onto them. And essentially, the government now announced, you know, we said, OK, climate change emergency. But they feel like the government has just basically said there's a climate change emergency, but they haven't made Done any anything. steps to, so that they've come back. And they're basically sleeping in train stations and occupying um, places. And yeah, they're disrupting a lot of ordinary people's lives. So it raises the question as... Yeah, well, this, is, this is different. It's not those people that were doing a stampede a couple of days ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're like their face. People were chatting bail on Snapchat saying, oh, God, I was late for work because of these people. Yeah, is it them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're disrupting, um, they're disrupting ordinary people's lives. And I think they run the risk of losing... Um, is, holiday, is this their job? Do they get paid for like being a nutcase? They're just middle class people, innit? Like, uh, they've got the means and the money to kind of do this act of volunteering or protest. I feel like they should just like maybe sign petitions, maybe like. What do I do? Sign petitions, but I think they feel like the government isn't listening. And they're describing this as an accidental. can't even say the word. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to try and say the word again, but they're basically saying it's a real crisis and that if we don't get a grip on it, 
we could be exterminated like the human race. That's basically what they're saying. Do you feel like? Do you feel like there's just over exaggerating? That's what or a lot of people. Like, that's what a lot of people. Do you feel like there's some with. truth to what they're saying? They're, 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 of course, there's truth to what they're saying. I don't think there's been enough action to tackle climate change. However, personally, I think that. I think that. It's a tricky one because obviously they need to continue to pressure government or government won't do anything. But at the same time... Is that expense of an ordinary people? people. Yeah, words like, what have I done and you're making me late for work? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Um, And yeah, I mean, a lot of people are quite pissed off with them. But at the same time, a lot of people are happy with what they're doing and are applauding them. I'm sure there could be like ways they could, you know speak their mind without being such a nuisance i'm um, sure there's ways i don't know what ways maybe oh, i don't know they compared it to um the civil rights movement actually oh, come on. they is said it, that the it, civil rights and the suffragettes they said that oh like um when you need something you know uh done then you need to civil disobedience is necessary if you've seen it in the civil rights movement we've seen it in the suffragettes maybe Okay, they want to get like public attention. Why did they go to something like Channel Four News or Good Morning? Like, you know, something. Like no, they are, but but I think what's interesting is because they're doing all of this stuff, they've been invited onto programs. Like, I'm one of the guys, the the chair of Extinction Rebellion. He was on Question Time. He was um one of the the co-chair was um on um Good Morning Britain. So obviously, doing this stuff gets them exposure. Yeah. Quote, unquote. But do you, what, what do you think about the environment? What's your stance? Um, obviously, every country, including the UK, needs to like tackle it because I feel like it puts pressure like, on NHS. Like I don't really know much about the environment, which I should do, but I know it obviously puts um, you know pressure on NHS because if there's so much like chemicals and toxins in um air if you have like you know if you're like on risk or something i know like if you have certain diseases like lung cancer mm. smoke or so certain stuff like that or asthma actually um it can lead you to like you know go to hospital and that puts so i feel like i don't know i feel what like there needs think, to be what do you think what do you think people should do do you think okay i think one important question about tackling um, but I feel change. like people don't really care because statistically and globally it doesn't really affect the UK okay. yeah of course it, it, affects, affect, it affects most of Africa it affects poorer countries, countries. Antarctica yeah, yeah. like even all these rainforests that's happening in, in Brazil yeah but, but I, think, I think the but important question it doesn't question, really happen like yeah, the, the, people the, aren't the, seeing the seriousness yeah, yeah 100% I think the yeah. important question for us as individuals is is this a problem that can be tackled with um a very capitalist mindset. Us as the individual consumers need to consume less. So the only way we can help tackle climate change is if me and you buy meat that isn't produced in a um in to an eco yeah, yeah 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 to go vegan or to only eat certain food that's produced in an eco friendly way. Or is it incumbent upon the companies and upon government to basically force companies to reduce their emissions or to reduce the amount they produce. Or maybe if... Why don't you just... I'm not saying that is this true, because this could also be another problem. Why don't you increase the price? If you want meat, okay, go up by £2. Then maybe it will make people think, oh, like, I want to spend an extra... Yeah, but then that's, 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 that's basically government 
Yeah. So the argument is, is this a problem we can tackle with cultural change? Or is it something that government needs to tackle? Because capitalists, what capitalists will say is that, look, right, the most important people within an economy are what? The consumers. If consumers reduce their um, consumption, companies will have no choice but to be more eco be more environmentally responsible Mm -hmm. um whereas you know socialists and other you know people that advocate for big government will say you know it's not about the consumers big government needs to step in we need to regulate these companies but i'm just asking what, what do you think the issue is do you think it's a bit of both I think it is a bit of both because on the other hand you can tell you can say oh you can't control what someone consumes and you, people have the right oh I can do this I can do that you know like no, it's not my fault the world is you know d- you know dying or something you know and you have that argument and it's to an extent it's true but I feel like maybe we should obviously like educate people the effects of this like what is happening in other parts of the world and if we don't change this it's only a matter of time but even like they're even saying that um, the ozone layer, we're trying to um, reduce the. Um, we don't want the world's temperature to go up by two percent, something like that, two Celsius, or something like that. I feel like maybe we need to educate because people don't really see the seriousness of what's going on. You know. Yeah, no, I but agree. But maybe you could also, when we say stuff like that, it could also, oh, but you're infringing my rights. People be like, okay, to make the world more um, eco-friendly. Don't fly out so much. Don't be driving. Don't be. But what about if you're? What about if you live in a part of the UK where, you know, transport is not accessible? Yeah. So Something my, like that. my, so my, just, my argument is that. A bit different. It, it, well, what people tend to say is that we should consume less, but unless you're middle class and you have the options to maybe buy meat that's a bit more expensive, but exactly. eco-friendly, then you don't have that choice, right? Exactly. I mean, there's people that are living in in you know poverty and they don't have that option. Exactly. You know, yeah. um, of buying a car that has maybe a good catalyst that isn't polluting the air. They don't have that. To buy even an electrical car, they don't have that luxury. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's yeah, that's that's the environment. So, let's move on and let's talk about... Um, let's talk about Turkey. And mm. I know that this subject is, is close to your heart. <laughs> more like Yemen, so. Yemen and Iran. Okay, let's, let's, let's well, no, no, let's about, talk about let's talk about Turkey because I don't know really what's going on. So hopefully ISIS has stopped what they're doing. No, so so in Syria, right? Obviously ISIS, Syria, etc., etc. ISIS, so, them men are still about. Yeah, they? some of them are. Um, so essentially the Kurds, right? Yeah. They're like um an ethnicity. No French here. Yeah, they're never gonna get land. What the Kurds? Look, I'm not being rude, and I don't want to sound insensitive. Kurds are probably like the largest, one of the largest people who don't have their homeland. They have they're only like 40 million of them, man. They're part of Turkey, Iraq, Iran, Syria. Not, they're not going to. So one thing I will say, I don't know whether I'm speaking nonsense, but befriending the US and the UK, they are not your friends. History's only going to repeat itself. They'll be like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, we'll fund you, we'll do this, we'll do that. You will get your land. They won't. You won't get your land. Like, I just personally feel like, obviously, they shouldn't be repressed. There shouldn't be strips for the human rights or whatnot. But they're not getting their land. No, not more than being rude because, you thinking America's your ally. We've seen history time and time over again. America's nobody's friend. You know what I'm saying? They'll be like, yeah, we will help you combat ISIS. We'll help you combat the Iraqi. We'll do that. I mean, and they'll turn against. You them. could argue that the only reason why the US got involved in 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 Iraq. 
was for the their US own. always gets involved for the for their own interest. But okay, let's talk about the issue of, of, of North Korea. So essentially, ISIS has been all all but wiped out. Obviously, there's some remnant remnants of of ISIS. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the ISIS. Um, Prisoners. Oh, it's bit, sorry. Tomorrow we move to eleven fifteen. Like a sleeper bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's just talking about um her event tomorrow. But yeah, cool. So, yeah, what are they saying? Okay, so in North Syria, right? Um, that's where the Kurds are, and they've been helping fight against ISIS for the past you know, couple of years, four or five years. They've mm-hmm. been fighting against ISIS, and a lot of the prisoners are actually in kept in prison by the Kurds in North Syria. Um, and a lot of Syrians that have been displaced because of ISIS have all run to Turkey. Turkey has taken a lot of um, Refu- refugees. Lot, yeah, they've taken the refugees. So what Turkey are saying is that, look, right, we want to rehouse these refugees in northern Syria. So what we're going to do is we're going to... Is northern Syria even safe? So they want to, they want to move troops there. So northern Syria was where ISIS used to be. Now it's been occupied by the Kurds, right? That's basically where the Kurds are. Yeah. So essentially, what the Turk, Turkish people aren't calling it an invasion, but other countries are. What the Turks are saying is that they want to take over northern Syria, basically repopulate um, the um, Syrian no. refugees in north Syria. But is Syria safe to? Is northern Syria safe to? They want to build it up. They want to give them their own sort of area. But the issue is, the U- U.S. troops were there, and also U.K. and other um, forces were there. Mm-hmm. So what the US did was they moved their troops. So, okay, cool. For the Turkish troops to be able to invade North Syria, mm-hmm. they have to go through the US troops. Mm-hmm. So the US troops were the only people stopping them from coming in. What Trump ordered was that the US troops pull out of that area so the Turks can come in. And obviously people in America are saying, you know, what the hell? We're abandoning people that have helped us. Because obviously the Kurds have fought the bulk of ISIS, right? Yeah. They're the reason why ISIS has been suppressed so yeah. greatly. So they're basically abandoning an, a key ally. And um, so, yeah, the US are pulling back. And what, and what um, President Trump is saying is that if the Turks go too far, we'll sanction them economically. But we're not going to be the worst policeman. We're not going to get involved. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> That's probably one of the few times I actually see where this waste man is coming from. Yeah, you see, his stance is that the US needs to stop getting involved. It's not our problem. If the Turks want to go in there to basically create like a new settlement mm-hmm. for the refugees, that's valid. If they go too far, we'll impose yeah. sanctions. I, you know what? I, I, I agree with him. I, I actually agree with him. And I, I'm even surprised. I'm actually But then, but then where, where, where does that leave the Kurds? That's the question. The Kurds have been have been fighting these ISIS people for how many years? Yeah, but he's not saying he's going to neglect them. He's just saying... Well, we'll to keep be honest, them. he hasn't said that much about them. Yeah, we'll say we'll keep... I get what you're saying, but I get what you can't fight everyone's battles. I get it. America's here, America's there. America's... All your money you're spending on being the world policeman, yeah? Focus on America. America needs to fix up. You know what I'm saying? I get what you're trying to say, but you can't fix everyone's problems. Mm. They're saying something which sounds... All I'm saying is Northern Syria is safe. If they think it's safe, yeah, keep an eye on them. If you feel like they're um, do don't you think, committing um, genocide or stuff, that's when it's like... Don't you work. think... Don't you think... Keep that. a close eye, but I, I, I second what um, Fingy's saying to an extent. But don't you think, yeah, that the US has a duty... A duty? kind of... Oh, please. An international duty to the international community 
Um, they have appointed themselves as chief. Nobody has told them to be chief. You just think about it. I mean, if you look at the NATO budget, they, they contribute a lot. They're the world's biggest military. I mean, if we were to be attacked by a foreign power, we would definitely want the US to back us up. So yeah, then you think okay, they have a, a role to play in true, the international True, but if we arena. was to get um, attacked by a foreign power, why is that? Because we always interfere. If we paid the business that minds us, if we kept ourselves to ourselves, yeah, would it happen? Mm. It's really simple to be, you know, you know, with an exception of like France or like countries like Canada. Do you hear, oh, some stuff has happened to them? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, I mean, when Canada does try and get involved internationally, I'll, t- I'll tell you once in a row. So, um, you know, the whole trade war between the US and China. Yeah. Um, the US wanted to arrest, um, you know, Huawei. Huawei is a, is a Chinese um, technology company. They make phones. Okay. Uh, Huawei, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're really, oh, yeah, they're really Huawei, okay. Yeah, Huawei, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they wanted to arrest their CTO. Mm-hmm. Their CTO went to Canada. So the Canadian forces now arrested her on behalf of the US mm-hmm. um, um, forces. Then they were going to extradite her to back to the US mm-hmm. to face like uh, charges there. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, what China did is because Canada were the ones that arrested her, was um, there was a Canadian um, citizen who had been caught for, for selling drugs. Yeah. Which in, China, in China, you die, that you pay the death penalty. But because he was a Canadian citizen, they said um, he will spend a couple of years then he will go back to Canada. So what they did is they they changed his sentence from that sentence to the death sentence. And they basically said that Canada have, um, you know, they basically said that there's an opportunity for there to be a review of his case. But in between that time lapse, Canada had the decision of whether to send that woman back to America. So it was more, it was was kind of like, you know, if you do this, then we're going to kill one of your citizens. So So what happened to the woman now? Oh, the woman's still in U.S. custody, and obviously that guy has been killed. Ah, oh. those Chinese people. I mean, he's on death row. I don't think he's been killed yet. He's on death row. Oh. But them, them not. Yeah, uh, the, the the difference is right. Is that Canada's a small fish, right? They didn't have a choice. Like, bro, if your your America's their they're probably one of their closest allies. Yeah, neighboring country. They both have the same economic system, right? If your best friend is asking you for something, you can't say no. Even, even, even at the cost of losing, you know, a citizen. So, I think that when you say, for example, no one touches Canada, that's because Canada are kind of very insignificant in the, you know, the global and political arena. Um, countries like the UK have more of a role. That's why um, I'm very annoyed that Boris has done little to nothing about about speaking out against what's going on in. Um, Turkey, the the EU has condemned it. Um, the EU are very against. I feel Turkey like maybe people people are just people are just tired. I feel like the UK population are just tired of every time. I get where you're coming from. I get it, but people are just tired. Of always are sticking our heads in. I think people are just tired <laughs> every time. There's a problem. Not even let's put Turkey aside. When it comes to toppling leaders. If it's not the UK, America's involved. Like people are just tired. Like every time, like I get where Donald Trump's coming from because he's probably saying, okay, like he's trying to clear up all the mess all these previous um, presidents has done, and just say let's just focus on America. And I think that's what the UK needs to just focus on us. You came to um, invade Iraq. What prosper did you do? Libya. What did you do from that? Every country we've been involved in has entered as an utter shambles. Let them sort it out. 
And if they, do, if they do something bad because say, oh, yeah, we arrest you, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we're not even giving these men a chance. Are yeah, you there saying, oh, but you know, I mean, this, this, this I mean, the political situation is very complex. And obviously, let's give the little backward people, let's pe- give them a chance pe- now. People always argue that, you know, countries shouldn't be getting involved in other people's domestic affairs. And I agree that under New Labour, for example, one of their key policy mistakes was their foreign policy. Um, I think that interventionism kind of needs to be, you know, rolled back. However, I do think there is a need for it. and um, Not too much. I'm not sure if the US should have actually pulled back from... from, from um, from North Syria. I'm not sure if that was the, the best decision, actually. Yeah, everyone's but tired, man. I mean, it's the decision that the world will have to live with. I think, do you know, I feel like it's a different stance. It's not every day get involved, like. It's just, everyone's just tired. Me, I'm even tired every time. Like, I just feel like we just need to give these people a chance anyway, besides. Turkey and Syria and and Kurdistan, wherever, yeah, they're all geographically linked to each other. They know, they speak the similar language, similar customs, so it's kind of easier for them to kind of coexist together. You know what I'm trying to say? You come all the way from one hemisphere to another hemisphere doing this, this and that. Sometimes it just doesn't make sense. Let them, you know, if they do something bad, that's Yeah, but then a lot of the times, right, is is when, when one bad thing happens, that's basically what the West uses as an excuse. So, for example, when a dictator massacres his people or chemical weapons are used, that's when the West will typically step in. But I do hear what you're saying in the sense every that day, I get the US saying, has, has, been, has been the world's policeman and it's been on arcs for, but I think there have been times where they have got it right. But yeah, that concludes um, this episode of Toby Talks. Um, thank you, Charlotte, for being on the show. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Um, we'll get you on again, maybe with Anthony. Yeah, I know you two know each other. But yeah, um, see you guys next time on the next episode of Toby Talks. Have a good day.